0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. As you can see, we are tripleting today, courtesy of our friends at Steel City. They hooked us up with these Pittsburgh is stronger than cancer t shirts for the Hockey Fights Cancer game, which is tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Thank you so much. All of the proceeds benefit the Mariel Lemieux Foundation. It's awesome. If you have yet to pick up a shirt, it's super comfy. They're super cute. Go support them and support this cause because it's awesome. So this game coming up against the Flyers, first one of the season against this division rival, is the Penguins' first game since the return of Sidney Crosby on Saturday, which was rather underwhelming so uh, let's break that down a little bit because it was kind of a train wreck Taylor uh what the hell was that what was what happened
1: (laughs) yeah I mean a pretty close game really crappy way for it to end but I mean specifically with Crosby's return he really did not look good Um, especially when when it came to face-offs I can't remember what his, his the final number was but he was really, really struggling in the face-off circle. And, you know, he did say before he came back that that was going to be one of the last steps for him to figure out, you know, mm. if he was ready to come back. He said that wasn't an excuse, but um, really did not look good. Really crappy way for that to end with the controversial penalty shot call mm-hmm. uh, on on Crosby. Crosby got called for uh, tripping uh, brat from behind. It really didn't look like it should have been a penalty shot, if anything, maybe a penalty because Brat really didn't look like he was on a clear breakaway, so I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like we've seen stuff that isn't that clear, that is maybe even more clear-cut, still not get called, and especially, it was a 2-2 game with three minutes left. Um, before that, I mean, I thought Jari looked good, uh, Ricola looked good, Rikla got back mm-hmm. into the lineup, Ricola had a better uh, return than Crosby, but... Uh, yeah, just a, just a crappy game overhaul.
0: It was not good, Jenna. What what were a couple of the areas that really stood out to you for the team as a whole? Because they struggled a lot. What what did you notice from this game with them? What was up?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was hard not to notice New Jersey's speed. I think that was one of the big aspects is I feel like the Penguins have not entirely seen a team like that yet this season. Yes, it's still early. And then, of course, I think just the fact that the lineup has been so shuffled and there hasn't been consistency. You know, obviously you get a guy like Sid back in the lineup and all of the guys are like, all right, we have our captain back. We have one of the most perennial players in all of the sport, one of the best to ever do it back in the lineup. And then you do wonder, is there going to be a little bit of drop off? Is there going to be a little bit of, OK, Sid's back, all of us don't have to work as hard type mm-hmm. thing that usually doesn't tend to be the case. Sometimes it feels like it's a little more noticeable. Also, this game feels like it was forever ago, just because yeah, of it does how long that they've had uh, some time off. So obviously, I mean, kind of a beneficial thing. It's like, all right, you know, you have this type of game. It was so back and forth in that way. Um, The second period, if I'm remembering correctly, the Penguins, it it feels like they couldn't generate anything Mm -hmm. on offense. And they were really kind of, Jari was, you know, phenomenal when they even said after the second period, you know, that period, they really kind of left him hanging out to dry. And he really was the reason that they were Mm -hmm. still in that game, um, which is a very optimistic sign. I think a lot of people, you know, pinpointing Tristan Jari, what he did in the playoffs and everybody's looking at him now, like, all right, you're here in the regular season. And he's been playing really well, which has been a very good sign of encouragement. But I just think that with the inconsistency that this team has had, there's still, you know, just getting used to one another in terms of all the new lines you, you we forget mm-hmm. all the new role players that they have in there you know Danton Heinen's been playing really well Brock McGinn also playing really well his goal was also a thing of beauty that was mm-hmm. really 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 pretty and it was set up was that set up by Ricola did Ricola set that one up yeah. right I feel like again this feels like it was forever ago yep. <laughs> it was. Um, but again Ricola had a really impressive night as well In Mm -hmm. that game. But, you know, I think for Penguins fans, it's tough to see Sid struggle. And it wasn't even like, I wouldn't, you know, put struggle as like, you know, falling off the face of the earth type thing. But he's still working back from a major offseason surgery Mm -hmm. for him and his standards. And they know how he wants to play. He always comes out and plays at the super high level. And for him to not be the Sidney Crosby that everybody knows and loves and, you know, fans appreciate so much, I think that was a little bit more of a, Uh uh-oh type thing which there's no reason to panic because of the fact that he's working his way back this was his Mm -hmm. first back, but you're not used to seeing that from sid so when fans do see that it's a little bit of what's going on here type thing
0: yeah and of course whenever you have as many injuries and guys out with covid pro covid protocol which we'll get into in a second there's a lot of line shuffling that goes on. So you can even have guys that are playing well, like Danton Heinen and Brock McGinn, and you can have one of the best players in the league come back, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're all going to gel right away. And that is just as important as individual performance, having lines perform well together. So that it wasn't concerning by any means, like you said, Jenna, but it's always disappointing when you have a guy like Sid. It's it was such a big deal and the way that they set up his return was just beautiful. It was it was honestly like an emotional thing to have him come back and play his first game of the season. But it's it's always disappointing whenever it feels like well, that blows. It was not a, it just wasn't a good game. And now he's going to miss at least the next week and a half because he has tested positive for COVID along with Brian Dumoulin. So again, what, what's going on? My goodness, uh, their luck with injuries and with COVID protocol has just been atrocious for as long as I can remember Uh, Jenna, what, what kind of impact does this have on the team now that everybody's shuffling through this protocol?
2: I mean, you look at the guys who have either they're had COVID or are currently in the COVID protocols, and you could put together, honestly, a pretty stellar three-on-three three overtime by this rate. Like, my mm-hmm. goodness, obviously, Sid, Brian Jumlin going in on Wednesday, then Chad Ruedel, Marcus Pedersen in. And I believe, if I'm doing the math correctly, I think there's been, since the season started, there's been eight players who yeah. have tested. Is eight the right number? Yeah.
1: Chris Latang, Jeff Carter, <laughs> Gensel and Aston oh so gosh. there's your other four. And then and then Jari was a false positive at some point, so you can mm-hmm. have a goalie if you want to include him. But yeah, that's
2: eight <laughs> different different guys. Oh my gosh. It's just, it is one of those things like Mike Sullivan said, this was before Dumoulin and Crosby tested positive. Mike Sullivan basically Mm -hmm. said, you know, it's more of just a bad luck type thing, which is kind of very true. This is unfortunately right now, the world that we're living in where Mm -hmm. breakthrough cases are a thing. I, you know, can confirm that was me over the (laughs) summer. So uh, it is, it's a very real possibility. And, you know, they were saying, you know, they're, there's so many risks and Sullivan had even said on Wednesday after, you know, announcing that Sid and Dumlin were going to be out for a handful of days that, you know, he's been saying to the guys, you can do everything right. And this will, this can still mm-hmm. happen. There is still the chance as unfortunate as it is. Thankfully, You know, all of the guys that have tested positive have been back on the ice, Mm -hmm. have been, you know, getting back into the lineup, obviously Chris Letang skating. So it's definitely a positive, a step in the right direction. We know they're all vaccinated. It shows clearly that the vaccine is working and that they're able to get back out there as quickly as they Mm -hmm. are. But at the same time, it is one of those things where it's just like, my gosh, they cannot catch a break here.
0: Oh my god no they cannot. And so Taylor, what do you what do you see the team looking like over the course of the next week and a half however long they're out like cuz this is another huge blow to the lines. It's just oh my god, what do they do now?
1: Yeah, I mean that's really tough. The the top line is probably going to be um, based off of Wednesday's practices, uh, Gensel Carter, Heinen, again, which you've seen and which has played well before. Mm-hmm. In the top defense pairing, it's hard to say. Um, as we're recording this right now, we don't know when exactly Latang is going to be back. He could be back as early as Thursday. Um, he did practice Wednesday, top pairing, top power play. Uh, you know, he, he was symptomatic when he had COVID, so mm-hmm. that's really just kind of a holdup. He said... Um, he was, so he only skated, uh, Monday, Tuesday on his own and then joined the team for practice on Wednesday. And he said, you know, the, the first day two on the ice, he said, you could feel it in his lungs. Like I asked him what his experience was like with COVID and it sounded like he was just reading. He's like, I pretty much had all the symptoms. I just, it sounded like he was reading off like the, the web MD page because he's like, I had headaches, like forehead pressure, congestion, uh, body aches. He said he lost his taste. And a smell, and he's like, I had lower back pain. And, it, like, he just kept going. So uh, he said he's right now he's not where he needs to be. but So he could be back as early as Thursday. And if they do mm. use the defense pairings that we saw in Wednesday's practice, he would be with Mike Madison. I don't know how I feel about that because those are two very offensive guys who you kind of need a guy paired with them who is maybe more responsible Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they are guys who like to take risks offensively. So putting them together, I don't know how, how that would work out. Um, but obviously, I hope Letang is back because if Letang isn't, then they only have five healthy defensemen on the roster. And I think, based off of <laughs> who's still in Wilkes' pair, it'd be Taylor Fadun, who has had a good season to this point. But I don't know if they wanted him playing NHL games this early. But, yeah, yeah. that's tough. Uh, you hope Dumoulin can come back sooner. Um As of Wednesday, he was asymptomatic. If a player is asymptomatic, they can come back if they just test negative twice, um, Mm -hmm. 24 hours apart. But Pedersen, Ruido, Crosby, all symptomatic to some degree. When they're symptomatic, they have to be out 10-day minimum from the onset of symptoms. So, uh, you know, the Penguins are going to be without those guys at least about that minimum, 10 days from the onset, but... Uh, oh, Dumlin, you hope Dumlin stays asymptomatic and he can maybe come back sooner than that in that 10 days because mm-hmm. uh, the depth on defense right now is, is very very shallow. I mean your second pairing is Joseph Marino and then your third pairing is is Rico Friedman right now so um oh my God. kind of an interesting defense group right there so you hope Doomlin cool.
0: Dang. Well, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on that and seeing how that kind of shakes out because it's just so unpredictable and we don't know who's going to be next because you just and anybody's fair game at this point uh, and it sucks. But let's take a break and we'll be right back. We are back, so on a much more serious and unfortunate note, the the state of professional hockey in America is really just a major bummer right now and very disappointing. And there have been a lot of updates in the Chicago Blackhawks situation, uh, and, and there's there's been some some updates with the the Wilkesbury penguins uh, sexual assault uh, situation and Taylor I'm just going to kind of let you you fill us in on what's going on because it's not good it's definitely not great what is coming out and the way that it's being handled so what is going on there
1: yeah. First, just to start with uh, with the Blackhawks situation, it was right after we stopped recording last week that Kyle Beach uh, came forward as the John Doe in the Blackhawks case. Everyone, I think, is familiar with with that case about Aldridge and um, allegations of him sexually assaulting a player. Mm-hmm. Again, we found out that out to be Kyle Beach. I just, I, I, I would recommend if you had, no one has seen, if you haven't seen the TSN interview he did right after uh, we got off last Wednesday, I'd watch it very powerful. It's, I don't know, heartbreaking. There's the one, because mm-hmm. after, you know, Aldrich left the Blackhawks, he went on to sexually assault a high school student. Uh. He he was convicted of that and he went to, to jail. That's why he's on the, the sex offender registry now. But, I mean, there is a moment in the TSN interview where Rick Westhead, who, if Rick Westhead hadn't been so on it with the reporting of this, I don't think we would have we would be where we are now as so many people facing the consequences. So major props to him. But yeah, he asked um, Beach, you know, like, what would you say to that 16-year-old kid and the way he just broke down and apologized. Like, Beach mm. apologized to the 16-year-old kid for not doing enough. But um, I just hope Beach was coming forward because uh, he wanted to um, mm. reveal that he was John Doe and not because... When, when the investigation came out, they kind of revealed that for him. Um, if you watch the results of that investigation and you like read the 107-page document, I mean, they said, you know, it's a black ace that came up. He was 20 years old at the time, six foot three. It's like you anyone could have looked at mm-hmm. the roster from that year and figured out who it was. So I only hope he was coming forward because he wanted to. But um, really powerful stuff again in the last week since we last recorded. Quenville resigned, Bowman resigned from their positions. Bowman also resigned from um, USA Hockey GM for the Olympics. And the way that I think ties into the Penguins situation is because the man who seems to be in line to take over as GM for Team USA for the Olympics is Bill Guerin, who is under investigation by Safe Sport and part of... Um, a lawsuit filed by former Wilkes-Barre Scranton assistant coach Jared Scaldi, who alleges that then Wilkes-Barre head coach Clark Donatelli sexually assaulted his wife mm. while on a road trip in November 2018. He reported it to the team at the end of that season. Um, well, to, to Garen. Garen says he took it to his, um, he elevated it to, to higher ups uh the scaldi what he is alleging in the lawsuit is that garen told him to keep quiet for the reasons of donatelli's departure because donatelli was allowed to resign um for personal reasons they called it i remember thinking at the time that donatelli must have a health issue or a family situation i don't think anyone saw this coming just because of the way they handled his his departure and because i mean garen told scaldi to keep it quiet so that's Mm why the Scaldies are calling this a cover-up. Um, and then part of the lawsuit is also that um, the Penguins, they're alleging that the Penguins violated whistleblower laws because um, that following season, scaldy he was still with Wilkes-Barre. Donatelli was gone. Vellucci had taken over in Wilkes-Barre. Scaldie said he had his power play. Um, he used to manage a power play. He had that stripped from him that season. And then the following season, he was let go. Um Uh, the penguins said due to covid cutbacks um so uh, yeah really just a a bad situation all around garen again remains under investigation by safe sport which handles these kind of situations but as it relates to the olympics um so we don't know when we're gonna have the results of that but if uh he's cleared then it sounds like he'll be appointed uh gm of team usa for the olympics i think um i think they didn't handle this well either way Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's it's
0: it's it's tough yeah it's tough for god it's it's just so bad go ahead jenna
2: i was just gonna say this is not like these these aren't And any of this is not an easy conversation to have. It's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. It's but I mean, that's that's because of the severity of it, because of the weight of it. Mm -hmm. And with Kyle Beach, I mean, first of all, you just you have to commend his his bravery for speaking out the way that he did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, seeing the effect that this is having, it's it's kind of you hate that this is how it had to happen to have these conversations. You hate that an incident like this where someone's everything is basically stripped from them. And it takes that to, you know, have people have conversations, you know, the league, the players are being really outspoken about this and saying that the league failed him, which they did Mm. just the fact that the the Blackhawks covered it up the way that they did is just so horrendous and so horrific in so many ways. And, you know, you want to see the justice system kind of put, put its course and set, you know, you know, you want to see it kind of, you know, you want to see, I'm trying to say like, you want to see the legal system kind of do what it's supposed to do in this situation. Yeah.
0: Take precedence over league operations it, it does seem odd that the NHL is functioning from a place of well that this is how we handle things in the NHL when in reality this this goes far 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 past that this is a legal this is a legal thing this is egregious what has happened and it shouldn't fall under your jurisdiction anymore and you shouldn't be able to cover this up. You should, no. as, a, as a human being, mm-hmm. be able to know that being hush-hush about this is not okay. And in fact, it's rather evil. And And being able to just turn a blind eye to that because winning or league optics it, are more important. It, it's just really disappointing and it, m- more than disappointing. I don't know if I can think of a word that is strong enough for how upsetting it is because these are people that we're talking about that were taken advantage of and abused. And it's just, it's absolutely horrifying.
1: Yeah. the The press conference that Bettman and Bill Daly had the other day is one of just the worst things I've ever seen. It's it went on for almost an hour, and it's like the things that Bettman really, that was coming out of his mouth. It just, because I, one of the things you know people are confused about is you know so the Blackhawks were fined uh, two million dollars, uh, and we've seen teams penalized much worse than that mm-hmm. for. But I mean, the Devils circumventing the cap with the Kovalchuk contract got fined three million dollars. You know, the Coyotes got fined draft picks for combine violations. And someone asked, you know, Bettman on the skull, mm-hmm. like, then two million dollars is a lot of money, but relative to you know some of these other punishments, you know, why only two million dollars? And yeah. uh, Bettman said, different contexts, different facts. And it's like, yes, they are very mm-hmm. different contexts, but I would
2: think that this one is worse. Um, yeah. You had a chance as a league to make a statement. Yeah. That's what's infuriating about this. Is you yeah. had a chance as Gary Bettman, he could have come in and said, okay, this is what's happening. These are the consequences. Make it so severe. Something like this can never happen again. Because yeah. this is some yeah. like it's not just violating a rule. It is mm-hmm. someone's life is changed for ever drastically because of this and it's a slap on the wrist it seems like a slap on the wrist it really does
1: Mm -hmm. and the nhl doesn't even have a actual sexual misconduct policy other (laughs) leagues do where you know if something like this happens they have a policy on how to handle it the nhl does not and they were asked about that Bettman was asked about that too like you know about not having a sexual misconduct policy and Bettman. um he seemed annoyed at the question, and he stepped in and he said, "We do have a sexual misconduct policy. We don't tolerate and punish it as appropriate situation, you know, like situation by situation. It's like saying don't sexually assault people is not having an actual sexual assault policy. That's like,
0: yeah, especially if when it happens, you pretend like you didn't see it. Yeah. because, okay, great. You're telling people, don't sexually assault." other people <laughs> nah, but if if you're sweeping it under the rug when it does happen then yeah i didn't see it it didn't happen all right then people aren't getting punished it it, it, it you, makes zero sense you
1: can't have like a case by case like we do this mm-hmm. the way they're handling it because obviously it, some people actually don't get the appropriate punishment mm-hmm. Batman keeps Batman's obsessed with these hotlines they after the Bill Peters thing, they had a hotline to replace uh, uh, to for people to report like incidents of racism or abuse from coaches, stuff like that. So now they have a hotline for this, and he just kept talking. He brought up a hotline like twenty different times on that call, and it's like, I think if you're someone like you know, beach twenty year old black ace, he hasn't even played in the NHL. Like, how do you as a player? feel empowered Mm -hmm. to make that call and report a coach and you know because again if you're not in the position of power that imbalance that might that's kind of Mm -hmm. why we have this silence um and another I mean another thing Bettman said that that drove me nuts was the the line um hockey culture does not encourage but in fact prohibits this type of activity and it's like I don't, for I don't know what that means. Like, no, it obviously doesn't because it's happening. Um, and I just think, you know, saying like, well, hockey culture actually prohibits us. It, it kind of takes responsibility away from the actual people that need to mm-hmm. make these decisions and just saying like the culture will take care of it. Um, cause it's it not. obviously doesn't. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just, it, again, it's, it's not, it's obviously not an isolated incident. Um, and uh the the league really has not handled this this well at Mm -hmm. all even what letting quenville coach between that That was
2: should not have happened
1: like in between the investigation comes out like the results where it's clear that Mm -hmm. quenville did not do what he should have and he had knowledge of this he was part of those leadership meetings where they talked about this and then the meeting with bettman he was allowed to coach that game and and Mm -hmm. kind of seemed annoyed at that question to who on the press conference. Like, why did you let Quintinville coach? He's like, well, between, you know, when this happened in 2010 and now he's coached 867 games. Like he had that number off the top of his head. Uh, He's like, well, you know, what's one more? Um, He said, I didn't want him to feel one more. Yeah. He's like, I didn't want him to feel prejudged in any way. Um, which like, no, like the investigation was already done. I don't understand what, uh, you were waiting for with your meeting, but yeah, then obviously it came out that Quenville, um, I mean, he stepped down after that, but even then with Quenville and Bowman, Bettman did, they're not banned from the league. Like Bettman did not rule out them coming back in the future. Like they would have to have a meeting and be cleared, but, uh, and they weren't fired. They
0: they stepped down. Yeah. That, they were able, that they were is unacceptable. Yeah. And they were permitted to leave their positions. And that is, yeah. oh, there are just so many things about this that are infuriating and the, the, Oh my God, they should be ashamed, but yeah. they're not. And that and the, makes it even worse.
1: Yeah. The allowing them to step down. I, I Quenville, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure on how it works. If, so like maybe they, I don't think they have to pay him like well they don't have to pay him now but I think firing him maybe they would have I think mm. like again I, I still I don't like the wording of it and but something like the way the Penguins allowed Donatelli to step down that bothers me a whole lot more because um, you know Bowman stepping down Quenville stepping down like we know what happened Donatelli because you know like Scaldi was told to keep this quiet the Penguins didn't want the skidding out again I thought Donatelli was having you know like a health issue or a family thing mm. especially because he stepped down in the middle of a development camp like even yeah. if you follow the timeline of when Scaldi reported it to Garen at the NHL draft and the Penguins had this investigation amidst all that Donatelli was coaching at development camp like you, you couldn't put him on you know Administrative leave, especially because Scaldy was also at that camp. Um, you no, know, they let him come, and then in the middle of it, he resigned due to personal issues. I think it was like right before the final scrimmage that this came out that year, um, which is why you know I think we we thought you know health issues, whatever, and, and that my issue is because then what if if they had said from the beginning that you know you can fire him. Due to personal conduct, and he still not even say what it was. The stars did that what mm-hmm. two years ago, where mm-hmm. they fired their coach due to personal conduct issues. They didn't tell us what exactly it was, but you knew that there was an issue with him because Donatelli went on to get another coaching job. Like he was coaching in Germany last yep. year into this year, he got fired four games into this season because the team was bad. Um, but I mean, Donatelli really didn't suffer any like career consequences. He had to move to Germany. And that's
2: what is awful about this, is that the mm fact, and because it's so, you know, just like in my gut, and I hate this, the fact that we will see Quenville and Bowman back Mm -hmm. in in two, three, however many years, we will see them because it will be, well, they did this, they did this, and sure, I'm sure that they are going to put in some work to make themselves better people and educate themselves and figure some things out that clearly aren't there in their brains. But the league, because of the way the league is, is going to allow them to come back. Mm -hmm. And that's It's just at that point, it's like, it's all for what it's all for what?
0: Yeah, it's a mess. And it's one of those situations where it feels like when you handle things with, such secrecy and such will protect you. Just don't worry about it. We'll make sure that you don't have to deal with the fallout for knowing about this and not saying anything. It doesn't really perpetuate an environment where people can actually learn from their mistakes because it enables them to just kind of sit there and be like, oh, well, shoot, as long as I don't get caught, I don't have to feel bad about it. And now that they're half caught it's like oh for just for the sake of the way that I appear I should probably do these things not oh my god this is atrocious and this happened under my watch and I let this happen this is unacceptable and there's yeah there's just so much that's going on in the NHL right now that is not good and it doesn't seem to be getting better
1: I do want to mention right before we started recording, um, it was reported that Aldridge's name was Xed out of um, on the cup, on the Stanley Cup, the Hockey Hall of Fame okay. did that. Um, I, I I think everyone agrees his name shouldn't be on the cup. I think I, I mm-hmm. like the way they did it because I guess you, you they can fix the cup by like you know adding in silver, polishing it down, and just leaving mm-hmm. a blank spot. And but what they did was put X's over his name, so you look at it and you realize something happened, like, there is a mark mm. on that on that okay. 2010 team, um, rather than just acting like it never happened. Like, there are Xs over his name. They didn't just sand it down. So, okay, um, yeah, I'm glad that happened, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. His name shouldn't have been on it in the first place. Um, shouldn't have been at the celebrations that year. should have had his day with the cup, but the Blackhawks yeah. failed in their handling of that, and that's why we're talking about it now. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, at least there's that let's end the conversation on a semi-positive note and take another break we will be right back and we're back once again this past weekend was halloween and as always across the league players get decked out in very intricate and detailed outfits and costumes and the penguins were no exception this year taylor i felt like was our insider and updater of all of the different uh things that the that the players dressed up as this weekend so taylor uh why don't you take us through some of your favorites some of the ones that you sent to us <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I prepared, like, Halloween morning, I went through, like, on Instagram, every penguin who has an account on Instagram, and I turned on alerts for, like, stories and posts, so, like, I, you know, I get an <laughs> alert, like, if Kenny Morgan has made a new post, I'm like, oh, like, we, gotta, we gotta check this out, uh, but the first, the first one that, you know, we saw, honestly, was my favorite, Mike Matheson, uh, he didn't post this, he's not very active on, on social media, but his wife, um, Emily Falzer, who is an, an Olympic gold medalist team USA, she uh, plays de- defense. Didn't play the last year because they had a baby. Um, but like the two of them and their dog dresses the three little pigs. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up right now, but they're the three little pigs. It's like these big inflatable costumes, and then their their uh, baby is the big bad wolf. And honestly, that was the first one we saw that's my favorite. Uh, It's it's so goofy. It's it's so good. Um, Emily, she had also posted like a video um, from behind on like her story of, uh, because Rust just had a baby around the same time too. And like the two of them pushing a stroller like down the street. And like, I mean, Rust, I couldn't tell what Rust was. And it wasn't anything like that, but just and just this big inflatable pig. Um, (laughs) It's incredible. incredible. Yeah. Um, Truly. We didn't get a ton of pictures of of Pittsburgh guys this year. Uh, Malkin posted... Malkin was a a criminal. I I don't... (laughs) He was just in, like, a jail uniform, like, an old-school-looking jail uniform. Um, I thought that was hilarious. Dominic Simone posted his on Tuesday, like, two days after um, Halloween, and it was this like it was he was a a hippie like a 70s kind of looking outfit he had like an afro in the 70s glasses and his girlfriend was in like a 70s outfit too i said like i think it took him that long to post it just to come up with a good caption because his caption was hippie halloween (laughs) Like oh my god um i believe that's all we got as far as the the nhl guys now malkin did post um was it Monday or Tuesday, a picture of him full-on dressed as the Grinch. Um, (laughs) That's my favorite. Yeah, with, like, a Santa outfit holding a hockey stick, like, posing on, like, his front porch. Um, I don't even think, again, that was his Halloween costume because we saw his Halloween costume, and Mm -hmm. he was... um, a criminal i think that's just Malkin. you know uh what jordan you decorated for, for christmas. oh yes <laughs>
0: we were we were in that together ushering in the christmas season this uh this past weekend uh, so i feel that very deeply yeah, like yeah.
1: malkin just sitting at home at you know strikes midnight it's november 1st Malkin's <laughs> playing mariah carey like, that, was, uh, that, was that visual us. we did oh. get um some wilkes ones. wilkes they were more active. Honestly, very disappointed that we didn't see anything from the Finns, because, like, mm. thinking two years ago, you know, when the they had four Finns down there, they, they did kind of pair up and do costumes together like one was like the ghostbusters we didn't so we didn't see the fins this year very disappointed i um i can only assume they were they did something good but um a couple of guys they were the trailer park boys cam lee will riley and jonathan gruden um very oh good God. honestly the way cam lee is dressed and that is just how he dresses all the time <laughs> like had he just <laughs> posted a picture of himself i wouldn't have thought it was a Halloween costume um Nathan Legere was Joe Exotic, and then Sam Hood, um, an AHL contracted forward, was Forrest Gump. But like <laughs> Forrest Gump, when he's running uh, across the country, like with the long beard, and That's those are very good. That's um, good. I mean, yeah, like Legere has the the mustache, <laughs> like it's real. He didn't have to draw it on, like some of the others. Um, Sam Poulin and Felix Robert, who are teammates and juniors now together in wilkes they were mechanics. Um, the, <laughs> the costume, the patch, uh, the name of the mechanic shop is Lubingo. Um uh, go <laughs> the, <laughs> the tagline Just is like, we do the lube to get you moving um, So that's that. Jordy Bellarive, um, Batman, very basic. Uh, I think the only other picture, Kyle Olson. Honestly, I could not tell what he was supposed to be. Someone said he Hagrid? looked like the scene in Drake and Josh when they dress up as like Amish people. <laughs> like, yes! nice. Oh, my God. That That's exactly my, what I just thought of. Honestly, like looking at this, I don't know. I like Amazing. the way seeing you know, like, how they're all storing their, their masks when they're not wearing them. <laughs> Um Legray has his as uh, a bracelet. That's honestly the move I'd go with. Sam Hood yeah. just has his mask shoved in the front of his pants. Um,
0: <laughs> also respect going with
1: that right on his face, but I think that's um, that's all we saw. Did you guys see any like like around the league from other guys?
0: Yeah, I saw a ton, but it was like in one eyeball out the other. I didn't really actually t- like take in and absorb anything it was i just i get i get to that point with halloween Uh, you said i decorated already i did decorate already uh for christmas i i just am like once i hit halloween i'm like okay i'm over it so all the costumes for me i'm like just get me to the holly jolly stuff but jenna (laughs) did you
2: see anything good Oh, I mean, I, I feel like maybe this is all professional athletes, maybe not so much football players. But I feel like hockey players always seem to take Halloween to that next level. Like yeah, the they costumes do. are ridiculous. I know bringing up a capital player on this podcast is probably not ideal. However, please tell me you guys saw T.J. Oshi and his wife.
0: I did, but I can't remember what they were. Well, I know I
2: saw him. <laughs> She He was, um, his wife was uh, Regina George from Mean Girls and he was Regina's mom with like the full on <laughs> track suit. Hold on, I gotta find this. It might have been, it's one of those I'm like, you hate to see it, but this is really good. I, um, I just remember
1: TJ Oshi and his wife a couple years ago dressing as, like TJ Oshi was a Dalmatian and um, his wife was Cruella.
0: Oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, Oh my
2: God.
1: Uh, <laughs> full on a wig. I was trying
0: to find it, but there you go. Oh my God. I mean, you, wow.
2: I, I respect the dedication. Basically mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. You know, very committed. very committed, very committed to the bit. Very. Yeah. So, Oh man. But I mean, just, I, I, I love the, I love the passion hockey players mm-hmm. have for Halloween and how they go they all bring around. it.
1: My mm-hmm. my favorite was P.O. Joseph's older brother Matthew, who dressed as Lil Wayne. But just oh, like he, he looks like really good. Like he did that really well. Like um the whole outfit, the wig, but like also the tattoos, like as like those aren't his yeah. tattoos. I, I they don't look like he's wearing a sleeve. They just look like very good temporary tattoos. Where I mean is um I, I showed you like in the in the Wolverine one, for some reason Poulin and Robert decided they needed tattoos to be a mechanic, but like you, they were visibly drawn on with Sharpie, like, and they looked really bad. Like Robert just had like ride or die written down on his arm. Um but yeah, no. Matthew Joseph oh was uh, honestly he was he was my favorite one I saw. I saw that's
0: pretty amazing. There was yeah. another
1: Capitals player I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but they were um, from the movie Bridesmaids. Um, who's the one? funny woman uh who's oh, yes. dogs. McCarthy and her husband the yes. the, the like t.s the what you know what, what he is he's like the, T- Mar- the um, federal marshal yeah. oh, they dressed What's as those movie? like one was the marshal like and then his his wife was mccarthy um and like she's carrying around like stuff, puppies or whatever because the movie like she you know, oh steals God, all the dogs or whatever that was my favorite one because i don't know it's the one that like i didn't get right away but then when i saw what they're supposed to be i'm like oh that's <laughs> incredible um yeah. so amazing. i don't know i'm not to pick two caps players
2: as our favorite some of our favorites yeah. <laughs> little matthew joseph Lil wayne takes the cake we'll, we'll say that here yeah that, there you yeah, go. that was very Number good one.
1: i did see yeah the caps put out a video of like where they asked the players, like if you could dress as a teammate for Halloween, who would you be? And a lot of them said Ovechkin, but then like Ovechkin said Daniel Sprong. And like, why? (laughs) It was like no hesitation. He's like Daniel Sprong. I heard the players do make fun of Daniel Sprong's hairline a lot. So I think that's where he was going with that. (laughs) Um, So it's funny. No no hesitation. Ovechkin wants to dress as Daniel Sprong. Um, so yeah, I wish we would have gotten like cool videos, funny videos like that of like Penguins players answering questions. Wilkesbury put out a, a couple of good ones. If you look at their Twitter where they talk about fun costumes they've been in the past, like favorite candy. And they made them like do a contest oh where they try to open like a fun size like Kit Kat with hockey gloves on. Um, just good, Just good content. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I think That's I great won. content.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> that's why we're all here really honestly but now it's merry christmas we're ready to roll but thanks as always for tuning in uh we'll we'll catch you next week hopefully for another episode of podcasts on fifth Ave. make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you listen and we will see you next week